Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Good evening, everybody. Right. The subject we're going to look at tonight is living the lost. I've put a couple of... um, uh, quite a few scriptures to look at and also trying to be practical in, in how we love the lost, you know, um, and what's behind it all. You know, there's always the importance of, of setting a foundation um, to all these things that we do. And, you know, in a, in a discipleship school like we're having right now, it's always important to throw the scriptures in that you can hold on to that gives you the authority to go out in the church and we know what that's all about. And uh, the scripture is one we know so well. But this is out of the Message Bible. Um, those of you who haven't tasted the Message, uh, the Passion Bible, sorry, not the Message, the Passion, um, do, do, do yourself a favor and go and get yourself John to start off with. And just read it. It just puts a new, uh, gives you a new insight, new look at it. And, uh, and again, you know, like Steve said on some of the things, read all the footnotes here, amazing footnotes. In the, the guy's done a lot of research in this stuff. And um, we've got a couple. This was bought for my birthday. For those who don't know, my birthday is on the 24th. You can leave the presents here. I'll give you my bank account afterwards. But the kids came. You know, we've just had all the kids with us, and they were going, and they went into the shop, and this is one of the books they bought me. And they couldn't have bought me anything better than this and that and Matthew. And um, so I, I looked at, at this, this famous scripture. It says, uh, for this is how much God loved, loved, loved the world. And he's still loving the world. And we need to pick up that love for the world, just like he did. Just like it was in the Father's heart to send his son. <clears throat> and I mean, what an enormous thing to send your only begotten son. And he goes on and says something here that, uh, that I, I hadn't seen before. He gave his one and only unique son. Jesus was unique. And in coming, what he did, and, and we're going to look at some scriptures that I believe we need to, you know, uh, look at what he did. And then out of that, hopefully pick up some practical things that the Lord will drop and the Holy Spirit will drop into your heart. But I, I like that unique son. He was totally unique. So, that word stick into your into your heart there. He was totally unique in everything, and we haven't got time to to broaden that at the moment. And he says, "So now, now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but will experience everlasting life." And that's it. As we sit here now, you believe in him, you are going to experience everlasting life. And you know, with the knowledge of that experience, that's what should motivate us to get out and to share this love and to share this message with as many people as we can. And it needs to be something that's in your heart, something that that motivates you all the time to get out there and do it. Um, The introduction here is... I put there to start off, real people with real answers for the lost. That's what we've got to be, real people. People have got to read us like a book. Uh, uh, Paul said in, 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 in Corinthians, we've got to be like a living letter. And you've probably heard me say that. I love that scripture. People must read it in me. People must read the love of Christ in me. And as we go into the world, they must see that. And you know where we start? This is where we practice. This is practice time. This is practice time, guys. 
and we practice with each other. You know, as iron sharpens iron, we're sharpening each other all the time. And, and to love the unlovable, sometimes we have the unlovables amongst us. Eh? I know I'm perfect, so nobody, everybody loves me, so I'm okay. <laughs> Did you hear that laugh? I'll see you afterwards, sir. <laughs> but um, real people, guys, we've got to be real. You know, for far too long, you know, right from when the church was established, so much religion, so much law came into the, in, into the church and destroyed it that, that, that people can't see real people. You know, the, uh, you know the, we, we've put this aura of spirituality and this aura of, Ooh, I'm so holy and all this sort of thing. And it's not true. It's actually a lie that people live. I believe. I'm giving you my personal convictions of things that I've seen. And uh, there's something inside of me that always strives to be real, to be bull brain and nobody else. You know, when you see like Billy Graham, oh, I'd love to be an evangelist like that. But you know, the word tells us clearly we must all do the work of the evangelist. So the responsibility is, is from the word, that we must get out and do it. We must love the lost. You can't go and reach people you don't love. And guys, out there is, are, are the unlovable. When you, open, when, you, when, you, when you open the newspapers, when you, when you put on the TV, you see that. The, the, the people are just going crazy out there. But, but they must be able to discern the difference. And as I said to you before, Two years ago when I was in Germany and had that experience with the two different things, you know, the two worlds, they look the same. One, one is reality, the other one's not reality. And we've got to move in the reality of living in these two worlds and we've got to manifest the love to the lost wherever we can. Um, a biblical base of authority to move from. Now, I really believe as, we're doing, as we've been doing um, the discipleship course, we are setting a, bli- a biblical base, and that's your authority. And when you're under authority, you have authority. So under the eldership, which is the highest authority in the church, we put ourselves under the authority, then we move in that authority. And we need to know that. We need to know that we can do it, that the Word says we can do it. Nothing can stop us. And that's why you get people. I mean, you know, do you want to test your faith? Go and, go and share the gospel in Saudi Arabia or something like that. If you really want to see where you're at. I mean, okay, we don't test ourselves. That, but, but I'm using that as, as, as an exaggerated example of getting out and doing it. But if you love the Saudi Arabians, God will find a way to get you in there. You hear what I'm saying? And we don't do it because, oh, well, that's a nice religious thing. I'm going to go and get persecuted and martyred. Why do you want to get martyred, man? We need to get out there and share the gospel. Sure, if, if it happens to come our way, well, that's it. But we need to have a love for the people that God has put in our hearts. God has put us here right now. We have all these people around us. And you've seen what's happened over the last couple of years with people coming in and keep people coming out. We've got to be an expression in all that we do of his love. And we have authority to share that love. Soften our hearts in preparation. You've got to soften your heart. That's a decision you need to make to soften. I can't do that to you. I can encourage you to. But a decision needs to 
be made deep in your heart, that you're going to soften your heart to the people out there. The love of God has got to move through and settle you in all issues. And I'm going to speak about that a bit later as well. Um, It's not about getting brownie points. It's about touching the world with Christ-like love, compassion, and care. This is not about brownie points. It's not about being the cowboy. I could put another notch on my six gun and stick it back in there every time I read somebody. It's not about that. You know, if, if you are an expression of, of God's love, you, you, you'll be touching, you'll be leading people to the Lord, but you'll also be touching people's lives. And you've heard me use the example before, and it was research done. Uh, the guy in, in, in hospital, Within uh, 12 meters of him, with his praying and with his positive attitude, he was affecting people all the way around. So I always use the story, if you're sitting in the restaurant, because you're full of the Spirit and the love of God, you're touching people around and you don't even realize it. And we need, to, we, we, we need to get our minds renewed of who we are. You know, uh, we've got to share this gospel and it's got to come from a platform that's totally submitted, that is soft to the things of God, if I may use that term. But it is loving, loving towards the people. But it starts here. If I'm not loving towards my wife, how can I be loving towards, sorry, what is your name again? Johnny. Johnny. And to Johnny there. And we won't talk about the guy at the end there. I'll speak to him afterwards. But, but you hear what I'm saying? We, 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 we've got to be an expression of that to everybody around us. And sometimes it's hard, hey? Sometimes it's hard. But you know, uh, one, one stance I have taken, and I still do it, you can ask Anne wherever I go, I walk into a person's space and say, Hi, how are you? It, 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 that's a basic one we can do. That's a basic practical thing we can do. Because every day we are meeting people. And, and I, I've got, I find I've got to discipline myself to do that because it's not a natural thing to do. But to, to walk and say, hi, how are you? Uh, at the counters in the, in the supermarket, you know, walk there and the person's at the till and I, I've seen it and I've been there and you get, ah, oh, this person's not interested in their job. You say, hi, oh, excuse me, are you having a bad day today? You say, why? I say, you're not smiling. No, I'm okay. I said, anyway, you know, that's, that's cool. And you start up a conversation like that or whatever. The ca- Restaurants. You can... <laughs> You know, that person doesn't know I'm prophesying over them. Can I say it like this? And you know, we've seen some amazing young men and women coming up to us. And just by saying, hey, you know, the last one was just around the corner. And I looked at this person. I thought, wow, this young person is so vibrant and everything. I said, why aren't you in university? No, I couldn't finish my studies and everything like this. And I just started prophesying over the guy and said, God's got much more for you. And when we left there, he was swinging from the ceiling. And not because, please, you must hear this. All I'm trying to do is soften my heart and be aware of the needs out there. And, you know, the prophetic is like that. I believe the prophetic takes the word and the teaching that we're learning here and puts, we, uh, puts feet to it. And this is what we're trying to do, is putting feet to it. That's why I, I'm not a teacher, but I, I do think I can stir up people to put feet to the word. Amen? And, and there's no use talking about it, getting out there and doing it. And, and, uh, and by the way, you know, even when you land up in hospital for a day and things are very anal and painful and you don't know where, what's happening to you, even there, every person that comes into your presence, God has brought them there for a purpose. 
And I'll tell you, the fellowship I had in the hospital in Washington was amazing. You can ask Anne. Anne sat through it all, shame. Uh, I need to commend Anne. You know, she, she was just so great. She, you know, the way she looked after me and served me in the evenings and stuff. But that's another story for another time. Okay. I say it's not about getting brownie points. You're with me on that one. A compelling call. This is a compelling call. I love the scripture. For Christ's love compels us. That's what compels us to get out and to do this job. That's what compels us to share the good news with other people. Okay? The other translation puts controls. And I can't think of better control than being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Come on, guys. Hey? Controlled by the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we say to people, if anybody dominates, controls, or manipulates you, get out the way fast. But here we have the Holy Spirit who we willingly give ourselves into, into his arms and say, here we are, Lord, controls. Uh, there's a compelling feeling that you can't stop. You've got to get out there. But you've got to stir up that gift all the time. Hey? And he says there, because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. It's not about us. Guys, it's not about us. You know, we got this thing... And, you know, sometimes our self-image comes in and we want to be these big dudes and all. It's not about you, guys. Really, it's not about you. It's not about us. It's about us together as a family, moving out, doing what God. As attendance to the bride, looking after the church, looking after his church, and proclaiming the gospel, as he said, doing the work of the evangelist. And who uh, <clears throat> died for, for them and was raised again. When we have a close relationship with Jesus, we have clear vision. And I, I need to say that your relationship with the Lord is so important because that's where love is developed in this one-to-one relationship, heart-to-heart with Him, complete, communicating with Him all the time, all the time, not getting all religious about it, being real, talking to Him like Dad. Experiencing, uh, sharing your problems, sharing the things that you're going through. And, uh, you know, I always joke that in heaven they've got this little recording machine. It's got help on it. And it's continued playing there because I'm always shouting for help. So I said, you know, but, but you know, it's like the, magist- the woman going to the magistrate and knocking on the door and knocking on the door and knocking on the door. Don't stop knocking on that door. Push in. Push into what the Lord has. That relationship, first and foremost, as you get close to Him, things start developing. And then we go to, when we then become more like Him and we begin to notice people. I have seen a change in my own walk the closer I get to the Lord, if I may use that term. That the closer I get to Him, the more people around me change. You won't believe how you all have changed over the years that I've known some of you. And it's not changed because of you, it's changed because of me. You know, a, a, a good old prophet told me, he said, you know, when you see problems in a pe- person's life, sometimes don't say anything, just take it to the Lord and pray for them. And you know what it does? It doesn't change that person, it changes you. You're the one who's got to change. And this is it, you know, when we look at this world right now, huh? We need to just take it to the Lord and we need to pray. When we look at the problem, if you have a problem with, with leadership, if you have a problem with me, the best thing you can do is pray for me. Because if you come up and challenge me, I might not do anything. Huh? 
But if you, if you pray for me, God will make a way where there is no way. And God will put the circumstances together where you can share. And I believe one of the things that we need to be conscious of all the time, our responsibility to create the right atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move. And that's how we do it. We build up relationship with our Father. We allow Him to take us out into situations. We're conscious when you go shopping, when you do this, that there are people out there that need to hear the gospel. And, you know, when Anne said, you know, go and prophesy over people, please don't think that here I am, this big dude, because these are the thoughts I can see that come to people. It's not about that. It's just being yourself. If you've got the word in you, you don't have to give them word and everything. You've got to speak that word that is in your heart. And something will change, touch their hearts. And when they suddenly realize that you, you're a Christian and you're serious about it, and you say, what is your name? Can I pray for you? I've never yet had anybody say no. They will all, you know, it's it, it, it just one of the things you need to get in is, is training yourself. Training yourself all the time, okay? Faith makes all things possible. I like this statement. Love makes all things easy. And that's old uh, Moody who made that statement. Faith makes all things possible. We know that everything's possible. But love makes all things easy. And that's why the more we come to the Lord, the more we quieten our hearts, the more we find that place of rest, the easier it becomes to go out and share it. Remember I said about the vision. The more you see the Lord, the vision, the more people around you change. All the time, guys, it, it's a fact. It, it, that's how it all seems to work, to me anyway. The call continues, Matthew 9.35, and this is an NIV. Now, this is Jesus. We've we, we got to take a, a, a feather out of his cap, as it were, okay? Out of his book, page out of his book, hey? Something there, Anyway. Jesus went through all towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. That challenges me. That challenges me. Guys, the closer I get to his heart, the more I'm going to see the healings and the miracles and signs and wonders. I'm determined to push into that. I will pray for anybody who wants prayer because of that. Because I want to follow my master. I want to follow my Jesus. I want to follow what he's asked me to do. And that comes from love. That comes from building up that relationship more and more every single day as we go our way. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Guys, I've seen Christians with no compassion whatsoever. You know, we shout and scream at the, at the taxi drivers and get all uptight when they do that. Come on, let's start praying about it. Now, I, I'm as guilty as anybody else. Please, don't think I'm a little angel. Ask Anne. So uh, they were harassed and helpless. When, when, we, when you turn on the news and you open the newspapers, you look what's going on. The people are harassed. Hey? People are in total fear, man. And we've got the opposite of fear. We have the love of Christ to share our. And we need to start loving. We need to make a determined, determined decision to get out there and to love the lost and love the people. They need you. They need the message that you have. And God has called you and anointed you to go out and to share that love as he told us to. Okay? Like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. If you go past the taxis and they, 
giving you grief. Start praying for a taxi ministry. Start praying that God will rise up, raise up people who would have a heart for the taxi ministry. And uh, years ago, we used to do one, and we used to give out. Then we used cassettes. Who knows what a cassette is? <laughs> And, and we used to have cassettes which we used to give out with a gospel message for the people in the cars and stuff. Perhaps you must do something like that. I'm just throwing things around. This is how you share the love. Uh, you know, we've got the t- uh, taxis out here. I was just thinking it the other day, and I must put feet to it sometime as well. Not making excuses, but I've been sort of out of circ- circulation for nearly three months, four months. But uh, to get back all these thoughts I've had to find some way to touch these people. Gospel music, yeah. Or, yeah, invite them for coffee and have a movie here or something like that. There's 101 ways to do things. Because they sit up here waiting for people. But anyway, we can't go into that right now otherwise. But you get my thoughts that are coming out. The, uh, the Corinth, should be Corinthians 13 experience, excuse my spelling. Anne wasn't there to check all my spelling and grammar, so you've got the, you've got the worst of me. Grace makes a way for Jesus to flow through you. You know, we we talk about the grace message, but we need to grab hold of this grace message and realize the freedom we have for the message to flow through us. Because the closer we get to the Lord, the more we see, the more the fear of man and all these things just go one way. And we realize that uh, uh, this awesome God loves the people out there because it's what he's done in my heart. The grace the grace. And you know, grace is a person. Grace is Jesus. And we need to be moving in that all the time, not forgetting who we are, not forgetting where we come from. Paul challenges the heart of the church. When you go into the 13, he, he, cha- he, he challenges the depravity and he actually rebukes them, which I will read the word just now to you. And uh, you know, love conquers, love is gentle, love is kind, it doesn't do this and it doesn't do that. Because when you look, and that's what we were doing, exegesis and all that sort of thing, if you look at the Corinthian message and the Corinthian church, they were in a horrific state. And Paul came in gently rebuking them and saying, come on guys, it's all about love. If you, if you speak out in tongues, you don't even have love. If you prophesy over everybody, you don't have love. That, uh, the, the, what you're doing is absolutely naught, it's nothing. It's zilch. Huh? So we need, we, need to, we, we need to listen to that. We need to realize that, that, that the, the word is, trying to, is, is challenging us to look after our hearts. And remember, it's a heart issue. Huh? It's always a heart issue. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Our motivation, the love of Jesus. That's got to be our chief motivation here all the way through. The, our love for Jesus, it must just drive us and drive us and motivate us daily. You know, my favorite saying, um, it's hard to praise the Lord with your head in the toilet if you're sick, isn't it? But you know, when those times come, you've got to, even there, your motivation must never be lost. And I'm saying that because of what happened when I was in Washington. I didn't let those circumstances, and you can ask Anne, I was getting kind of worried. You know, the one side of me was saying, hey, you better go home, but you, you finished. They, they might as you know, all that sort of thing. But there was an excitement in my heart. And, and, and that's part of my testimony, what happened there. An excitement. I was so excited to come there, to go there. And I realize now the reason why. There were two major things that happened. And I shared it with, with uh, Steve. 
He knows the guy, and, and it looks like a church is starting there. Not because of me, but because if I turned around and said, no, I'm going home. I'm going to let these circumstances get hold of me. I'm not going to stop and, and not realize how much he loves me and how he brought us there and he was showing us things. And not only that, I, daily I look at things around us to see what the Lord is saying to me personally. And I wish I could share some of the things just in the recent past of what the Lord is, is showing me. And, and we just need to be aware of the presence all the time. We come to church on a Sunday. The Sunday must prepare you for the week of hearing from him in that quietness, that small, still voice saying, this is a way, walk you in it. Always negative to positive. There's so many negative vibes out there, if I may say that. Am I not right? You know what I'm saying. You see it all over. All over. We see it in our own families. And, and it's a challenge to us because sometimes we're emotionally involved. But we must get over that. Encourage, exhort, and edify. Appreciate others. Appreciate others. Okay? All the time. Speak your appreciation over them. Like, <laughs> I really appreciate Anne. And that's not just trying to impress Anne. Anne. Anne has just been such a blessing to me over the last three months. If she wasn't there, I don't know what I would have done. You know? And it's, it's like Steve here. He's such a blessing as well. He, he, he's, he's got a heart after God, and he's, he's, he's serious about the things of God. And wow, really appreciate that. It's so nice to be around people like that. The energy that comes from this, I need and you need, and we all need together. And we need to stir. We want to see revival. God is putting it together like that. Hey? As we stir up each other, as we acknowledge each other, as we, as we appreciate each other. Each one of you. Each one of you. Hey? Better not stop prophesying. Yeah, I told Steve he's away now and I could be naughty and do all sorts of things here tonight. But don't tell him I said that. <laughs> Whoopsie. Lost it. Lost it. Help. I lost it. I pressed the wrong side of it. Where were we? We've done compelling. Yeah. And then, and then the next point, and, and when they get that right, oh yeah, the supernatural grace to love the world through our relationship with Dad. You've seen me bring that emphasis in already. And I can't overemphasize that enough. It's supernatural grace. Supernatural. Out of our minds, guys. You know, I, I, look, at, I look at the Lord. And one of the things that, that really churns me up, and I haven't got the capacity in myself and in my brain to fully understand that. When I see that picture of that satellite that took a photo, turned around and took a photo of, of Earth, but it took a photo of this wide expanse. And there's a little ray of light. And in the center, somebody's identified the earth. It's a little tiny, whiny little dot. Eh? And I look at this and say, what are we, Lord, that you have come along and you have come to dwell in our hearts and you do that? And if I have to go out there and look at that little star, and in that little star is us. And, you know, it's just, wow. Now, where do we go? Supernatural grace. We don't know the, the full extent. We don't know the end of it, nor the beginning of it. We get a little inkling on this earth what it's all about. But one thing we do pick up is how much he loves us. 
Supernatural grace, supernatural love, supernatural Jesus, supernatural Holy Spirit, if I may say it like that. He is supernatural, we know that. But everything is there. And it, it, it looks the same, but it ain't. And you see, that's why we're up against all those things. We've got to realize that's not reality. The fear we face out there is not reality. Reality is the love of Jesus Christ in our hearts. And, uh, and that love is there to love the lost out there and to love one another. How are the people out there going to know us? By our love one to another. And if we're sitting here punching each other up and everything and stabbing each other, no ways. They said, no, uh-uh, don't want that. <coughs> and there's been a lot of that around. And you can speak to a lot of people out there who look at the church and say, no, I want nothing to do with it. Go in there. They, they want my money. They want they don't this. They hypocrites and all this sort of thing. Well, I believe the time is that we stand up and show the difference. That people can see clearly now the difference between fear and faith. And, and, and also to experience through that the love of Christ. Okay. It's heart to heart with him, then people. It's first with the Lord, then people. It flows out of that to the people. And I think I've emphasized that earlier on. Matthew 5.43 your ancestors have also been taught, love your neighbor. And this is out the, and this is the message, the Passion Bible. I love this translation. Have been taught, love your neighbor and hate the one who hates you. However, I say to you, love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. And respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. You remember I said just now, uh, as soon as you have a problem, so it's just pray for them. I mean, God answers prayer like you cannot believe. For that will reveal your identity as children of the Heavenly Father. Come on. Come on. Look at that statement. Look how, look how that guy has opened that up even more. Hey? That's our identity. we all got identity documents. Here we got our identity in Christ. We're for the people out there so they can see and understand. He is kind to all by bringing the sunrise to warm and the rainfall to refresh, whether a person does what is good or evil. What reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? What reward do you have if you only love the lovable? Come on. It's easy to sit here and love one another. When you get out there and you see the things that are happening and somebody tries to rob you and somebody's shooting out there and whatever the case may be, all the negatives that are out there, and we're not there here to preach negatives. But do you hear what I'm saying? We have got to be that positive force that moves out of this place and touches everybody around us. That's where the revival will come, and that's what people are after. Uh, the very stones are crying out for the sons of men to stand up and be counted today. And he says there, a person does what, uh, what reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Don't even the tax collectors do that? How are, how are you any different from others if you limit your kindness only to, fr- to your friends? I'm saying, don't, e- don't even the ungodly do that. Since you are children of a perfect Father in heaven, wow, what a lovely statement, hey? You are to be perfect like Him. So the challenge is to be like our Father in heaven. And when we pick up His Father heart, which we've learned about over this process, over the, His Father heart is continual love and mercy and compassion. And He lifts you up. He's given you righteousness. He's given you everything that you need. 
uh, we all need. And you've heard it all before. I know I'm preaching to, to the converted, but we need to hear this again and again of this awesome God, this awesome Father who is there. And, you know, we're talking about loving the lost. This is where we need to be. We need to continually watch our heart, watch our attitudes, watch all these things. Pursue love. 1 Corinthians 14.1. Some practical stuff we're going to look at now. How's the time going? Goes fast in this place? My, I'm sure somebody's got a little thing that turns out to go faster. Active love. Practice skills in loving people. The word tells us by just taking a cup of water to your neighbor, you're doing the job. A cup of water. A cup of water. Sometimes you don't have to sit there preaching the word. You just need to get out and just be conscious of needs out there. And go and fulfill a need. I know in business, and I'm not a businessman, and they always say, find a need and fulfill it. And that's how you make money. Am I right, business people? Yeah. And, and, and what about us? The needs, the multitudes, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. They are waiting out there. Jesus said the, the, the harvest is ready. We need to get out there. Ah. The little Nunu here. Oh, there he's gone again. Come. Come. Oh, what's, what's happened? Can you take it to the... Where we we now pursue love, active love, practice skills, your spiritual gifts, come into your spiritual gifts. You need to practice your spiritual gifts. You say, "Ah, oh, well, I don't speak in tongues." Well, there's no excuse. You have the Holy Spirit. Take a step of faith and start doing it. Prophesying over people. I always like simplifying prophecy. You know, prophecy 101 or whatever you want to call it. It's just speaking out God's goodness to people. And there's a lot of so much goodness in your hearts. All you've got to do is change that. Just speak it to people. You know, you then you stand up there. That Isaiah 62 verse one says this, and pre- you're not preaching to people. Be real. Use your own voice. Don't change your voice. You know, and you, you hear people sometimes in their prayers and everything are just so religious. And I mean, if they're going to their Father in heaven like that, I mean, oh, not, not him again with those. You know. Sorry, that's just me. That's, that, that, that's my reaction sometimes to those things. But that means when I see that, I'm not here to judge. If I see something that's, that's uh, uh, like sandpaper on my heart, I must make sure that I'm not doing that. Huh? I must make sure that I'm not doing that, that I'm seeking uh, what the Lord wants for my own life. And then you tell you, if you feel that's happening again, like I said earlier, and you pray for those people, that the Lord will send an angel to clap them. Sorry. Come on. Oh, there we are. See, even I get a bit frustrated. Past generations are in our bones. Now listen to this. The generational curse I'm talking about here. Things handed down father, son, all the way down family lines. Let Jesus break anything, and and not only the family lines, but let Jesus break anything that will hinder our witness. Fear, depression, phobias. You know, sometimes in family lines you have all certain phobias and certain things that happen. I see it in my own family line that I, that, that I continually uh, uh, trust the Lord to break and all that. And Anne and I have often spoken about it. We see it in our kids. We see it in everything. But we need to break those things. 
Because sometimes if you've got a phobia, it actually stops relationship. It stops a relationship with your father because the phobia is in the way. It stops a relationship with your friends because that is in the way. And this is where you've got to trust the grace of God like you've never done before. Now you say, oh, well, I'm under grace. But I've seen people under grace with major, major problems. And I realize that under grace gives me the freedom to go to my Father in heaven through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the mighty power of the Holy Spirit to deal with those things and to break those things. And sometimes you have to go through... uh, I'm trying to be very careful in choosing my words and saying what I want to say now. But you go through a hard time, and a hard time refines you. Tribulation worketh patience, and patience hope. And and, uh, let us put it like that, out of James 1. And these things come. Curveballs come. It's how you handle that curveball. How you catch it and how you throw it away is so important. Okay? And this is what I'm trying to say to you here this evening is check your heart. Check your family. And you see, it's over here. My, my chief responsibility, I believe, at home is to love Anne. I love you. Yeah. And uh, uh, is there anything wrong with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you see my responsibility. If, I, if I'm getting it right here, somehow it's got to flow out of there. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, that's reality. Come on, we, we're real here tonight. We're all family. We all know each other. We need to speak about these things. We need to enter into these things. We need to break down the barriers, break down the walls of division. You know, there's a spiritual warfare, I believe, that we need to enter into. And the spiritual warfare starts in our own hearts. And remember I said spiritual, doing warfare with the word of God. The word, the rhema that God has given you. Let that come in and let that deal with the problems that are there. It doesn't matter what those problems, how hard those problems are. But let him deal with them. Okay. Need the fire in our bones like Jeremiah in our pursuit of what God wants us to do. Jeremiah said, if I don't get out and do it, I'm going to just explode. And that's how we've got to be. There's fire in me bones. And now I say this, and I don't say it lightly, from the time I gave my heart to the Lord, when my daughter was raised from the dead, there has been fire in my bones. And, and sometimes I, I, it, is, it is so hot, if that's the right word, and I can feel it at times. And, I've, and, and sometimes it's not, the flame is not so bright, but I realize it's my responsibility to stir it up all the time. Stir it up all the time. God's put a deposit. That same deposit he's put into my heart is in your heart as well. To love the lost, to get out there, to move in miracle signs and wonders. It's not only here on the Sunday. What you see here on the Sunday and in the, in the home cells, the life groups and everything, that's where you practice to get out and do it and bring people into, your, into your, your homes and all that sort of thing. Remember from house to house, when we look at the book of, book of Acts, they moved. But at that time, there were all these people around and they, they got them in there and they... Bless them. Allow dad to mold your character. Eh? To mold your character. It's character development. Discipleship, we should change it to character development. Because this is what the word is doing. It's developing our character after the Lord. Following him. Following in his footsteps. Little Nunu there. Come on, Nunu. Go. If I've never learned to love, then I'm nothing. If I've never learned to love, then I'm nothing. And you can go, uh, he translates that in the the one Corinthian book. 
as well like that. If I cannot love, I am nothing. Now you are not nothing. You have this mighty God that dwells in your heart. You have all the power of heaven resident in your heart, ready to bless the nations, ready to bless Pine Town, ready to bless Hillcrest, ready to bless the whole of Durban, KwaZulu-Natal, South Africa, and Africa. God, our, our, our vision, you know, that's why I said the closer you get to, the, the more you see what, what needs to be happening out there, and the more the Lord puts things into your heart. And that's how I landed in Livingston, I, th- I believe. It was a prophetic word. It was doing war through the prophetic word. Crazy love. <laughs> Chang. Do not doubt what God can do through you. You are unique. You will reach and touch people's lives that I will never do. And the same way, it works both ways. There are people out there that are going to be divine appoint. They are divine, divinely put in your path, and they're going to be divine appointments where you will be able to bless them, speak positive over them. And when they start talking about this country, they said, "No, no, no. We what we see, we see God moving, or whatever the case. Without spiritual stuff, you can talk about testimonies of of how people are turning, and and everybody came together. There was a million people that prayed in Bloemfontein, and since then that happened. And the other guys are getting around. There is good news out there. Just find find it and and build good news into your heart. Present day good news, not only the word good news. Hear what I'm saying." And there are things out there. Be conscious of it. You're going to walk out there. The, the negativism out there is, is just mind-boggling. But take it. Turn it around and bless them. Remember, Jesus said, I came to save the world. Okay? Not to judge the world. His prerogative is judgment. Our prerogative is to love our neighbor. Okay? I think you know that. <clears throat> Obsession with our Lord will lead us to people who need Him. I believe we must become obsessed with this relationship with God. Now, some people say, ah, you need to be obsessed in every area of your life. Now, my, just, that's my personal, personal, personal way of reaching people is through my hobbies. And I have a couple of hobbies. I've possibly got too many, but that's okay because I, I, they get me into people's lives and into people's hair sometimes. You know, my medals and my badges, my succulents, my birding, my photography and all that. The people that come across my path, the people I speak to speak about. And even today, a guy came to look at the medals and I was able to tell him a couple of things of how I found one and two, two lost medals, family medals. And it was a total miracle. It was. It was recognized in the collecting circles as such. And it opens a door. Ding! You see? And, and, and so you look, at, look for those door openers, the door openers out there. That, you know, w- when you lecture, uh, when we're trained, they always say, have an icebreaker. And it's, a, it's actually a good thought that, you know, when you go out and you're reaching the lost and the lost are out there, ask the Lord to give you an icebreaker. The lady at the till is looking down. Say, hey, what's wrong? She says, oh, this or that. Uh, in the post office once, I didn't realize, I just had a robbery, and I walked in there, and I could see, I could f- f- uh, feel the vibe as I walked in, 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 in to the post office. And I saw the one lady was there. I said, what's wrong? I said, oh, this morning we were robbed at the post office and everything, and my mother is ill. And I said, and I, I reached out to her and said, can I pray for you? Eh? Can I pray for you? <laughs> she says, please. 
You know, opportunities will come. But that's probably an exaggerated one. But your daily experience in the, in, in the tolls, at the, at the uh, petrol stations, wherever you are, the people that are coming there that are serving you, God has sent them across, across your path. And I always say to people, don't ignore the relationships that God has given you, even from the past. I mean, it is 45 years ago that I last spoke to the guy who with us went into Livingston. 45 years ago, we had a relationship. We've never, ever spoken to each other since then, except the last three years. We haven't stopped waffling to each other. And you know, there was, in the spirit, there has been just no change. It's just been amazing what has happened, how God just poured out his blessing. Not, not for me, but, and, and please, I'm not there for, for uh, ticking up and say, oh, I've got that on my belt. No ways at all. It just happened to be at the right place. The prophetic word, the word God had spoken, had come into play. And I used the word and I moved on the word and God did the rest. I didn't do it. I can't claim a thing. Loving Jesus empowers you to obey his commands and word. Uh, John 14, 15, and 23. Let me read it out of here for you. Are we just about finished, I think? Oh, dear. I see we've got another hour to go, so that's cool. Uh, 14, 15. And this is, this is out the Passion Bible. Loving me. Now, listen to this. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. What's the greatest command we have? Yes. Come on. Love your neighbor. All those things. Greatest command. Then you turn over the page, and the next thing I, I see there, and this so blessed me when I saw this. Loving me empowers you to obey my word. Hey? So we have the two there. Hey? Commands and word. Every day, God commands us. The command comes from heaven. When you go and have your, and I, I, I hate putting quiet time there because so many people have got religious connotations around it. Your time with the Lord, which is 24-7, there might be a special hour, five minutes or whatever the case may be, where you really still your heart or whatever the case may be. And a command comes, and you go move out on that command. And not only there, and I use the, 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 the illustration of being at, at, in the, at the till in the supermarket. That is also a time to speak what God is putting through you. The prophetic word comes like that. Hey? And something, something will, will, will uh, spark something off. And that's the passion. We talk about a passion. The passion we need to have. Continually stirring up the passion for the gospel and the people around us. And he says, greater works. John 14. Now, I don't want to read the whole thing. But, you know, when I looked at that greater works, you know, we always, and I remember the old days, greater works. Wow, the dead are going to be raised and everything. But what about a greater work of the expression of love flowing out of us and touching everybody around us? That will take care of the dead. That will take care of the sick and the downcast and the oppressed and depressed and no pressed. Guys, that's where it has got to happen. We've got to get our focus right in this whole thing, I believe. Amen? I think we just about finished there on that one. And I, right. The practical we're going to do now, what's, how much time we've got? Oh, we've got 10 minutes, which is cool. Get yourself into pairs or whatever the case may be. And discuss one way that you think 
that is unique, that you can uh, love the, uh, uh, express the love of Jesus to the lost without being religious. I had to put that bottom line in. Okay? To be the real you. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that tomorrow? Remember, you had three people right in the beginning of, of the discipleship course. You wrote down three people. How are you going to reach those people? Invite them for dinner, pop around, do everything. Go and find out what their interests are. And you know how to reach, say, a Muslim. And what I'm saying to you, I've done it with other <laughs> religions, but I haven't done it with a Muslim. And I'm trusting that it's going to happen one day. That you, you sit down with a person and you ask him, well, please tell me about Islam. And you look him in the eye. Now, they say Terry was what? Well. You look him in the eye and say, please tell me about that. I really, really want to know. And be serious about it. Don't come, you know, trying to be all spooky. Really, and this is what I, I, I'm, 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 I'm trusting the Lord for that when it happens. And when he's telling me, he's like, wow. And then you, you speak about him and you speak about his thing. And sometime along there, he's going to ask you, well, what do you believe? What do you believe? Now you've given him the opportunity, you've created the opportunity for him to share what is in his heart and what he believes in. Now it's your turn. And that's where the JWs, I've done that many days with them. You know? Uh, Tell me more about it and everything. And then, of course, just, just now they're going to want to share something, and then I turn it around. And you know what they like. I mean, they don't stand around. They want to pray for you. <laughs> so I'll pray for you anyway. You know? You hear what I'm saying? But we've got, to, we, we, we've got to prepare ourselves for those sort of things. Amen. Would you d- divide yourselves into little twos? And I'll give you a shot and say five minutes, twos, threes, fours. I'm not religious. I'll, I'll grab hold of you in five minutes' time. How's that?